This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. New content will be available every week throughout 2015. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. With me tonight to uh, two portions of Scripture, uh, both in the Old Testament, uh, 2 Kings chapter 11, and then 2 Chronicles chapter 24, 1st 2 Samuel, 1st 2 Kings, 1st and 2 Chronicles. So 2 Kings chapter 11, and 2 Chronicles 24. 2 Kings 11, and I'm going to be reading from verse 1. When Athaliah, the mother of Haziah, saw, Ahaziah saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal heirs. But Jehosheba, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered. And they hid him in, and his nurse in the bedroom from Athaliah, so that he was not killed. So he was hidden with her in the house of the Lord for six years, while Athaliah reigned over the land. And then 2 Chronicles 24 Joash was seven years old when he became king, and he reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. His mother's names, his mother's name was Zabiah of Beersheba. And Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. And Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. The story of Joash is one of intrigue, Betrayal, <coughs> wickedness, murder, revival, restoration, rebuilding, backsliding, idolatry, disappointment. It's a full story. It's a tale of highs and lows, of light and shade, of good and bad, of hope and despair, of triumph and tragedy. Joash was the great-grandson of King Jehoshaphat of Judah, which was the southern kingdom. And Jehoshaphat married his son Joram, or Jehoram, as sometimes those two names are interchangeable. But he married his son Jehoram to Athaliah, who was King Ahab's daughter, who was the king of the northern kingdom. We don't know exactly why he did this, but probably in the hope of trying to unite this divided land together again, these two kingdoms to come together again as one. But it was a terrible, terrible mistake. And not only that, it was a great disaster, particularly for Judah, the southern kingdom, which was a little bit more godly than the northern kingdom. And so Athaliah, the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel, was a pagan. And she was a wicked, evil woman. And she did everything in her power to influence her husband, Azahiah, who now reigned, uh, or Jehoram, uh, who now reigned. And what she wanted to do was to stamp out the true worship of Jehovah in the land. And she was pretty successful at that also. Jehoram was wicked too. In fact, he murdered all his own brothers just to strengthen his grip on the throne. And so 
you can see this was a, <laughs> a marriage made in hell, actually. It was awful. But he just reigned for eight years, and then he died in disgrace. And their son, Azahiah, he now reigned in his stead, and Azahiah was also a wicked king, and he only reigned for one year. He was slain by Jehu. And Jehu, went to, when he went to visit Joram, who was king of Israel, the northern kingdom, he had been wounded in the war with Syria, and he went there in order to uh, encourage him and decide with him. Uh, but actually, when he got there, Jehu killed him. And as soon as Athaliah, as soon as his mother heard this, uh, she immediately seized the throne of Judah. She had no right to it. She had no... None of David's royal blood was in her veins. She should not ever have taken that step, but she did. And, of course, what she was wanting to do was, if there's any lingering restraints of the true worship of God, being in a position then of being queen, that she would make sure that she would stump that out. Now, we can see today in our generation that there are people like Athaliah who would dearly love to stamp out any trace or any restraint that Christianity brings to the nation. And bit by bit by bit by bit, they're chipping away at the truth of God's word. And so that spirit of Athaliah is still around today. But now in an act of unspeakable cruelty and evil, she sends out word to her guards to slaughter all her grandchildren all of the royal heirs. And one by one by one, she slaughters them. All except, that is, one that she missed. Little one-year-old Joash. Joash was fortunate because in spite of all the wickedness in the land and the idolatry and the evil influence of his grandmother, Athaliah, he had a godly aunt and uncle. <laughs> Thank God for godly relatives. A godly aunt and uncle called Jehoshiba and Jehoiada, her husband, the high priest. I was standing one time in Easton's at the counter. I was buying a newspaper. There's two young lassies behind the counter. And even though they were serving me, they were totally oblivious I was even standing there. They were just an autopilot. And they were chatting away to each other, and it was obvious that one of them had a wedding coming up pretty soon. So they were talking about this. And one said to the one who was getting married, have you sent out your invitations? Oh, she says, I have. I've sent them out, and she mentioned a few, and she says, I've sent them out to different ones. And the other one says, I hope you haven't sent any, I hope you haven't sent any to those snivelly, grovelly aunts and uncles. <laughs> and I didn't send, and I thought, my dear... Those snivelly, grovelly aunts and uncles will be the ones who will probably give you the best wedding presents. So if I was you, I would send them out. <laughs> this young man had got great aunt and uncle. Godly, godly people. The aunt heard the slaughter of the grandchildren and she quickly grabbed little one-year-old Joash and she hid him with his nurse in the palace till things quietened down. And then she took him to the temple where her husband was the high priest and they kept him there until he was seven. The last place Athaliah would have looked for him would be in the temple 
because it was in such disrepair. Nobody was worshiping there, hardly anybody. She had stripped everything that was good out of it and put it into the temples of Baal. And so she never would believe that that little boy would be there. But he was. He was hidden there. Now, this is amazing. You know, sometimes you read through the Old Testament, especially, and all these kings and all these names, and you say, well, that doesn't mean a blind thing to me. Think of this just for a moment. This is amazing. Joash was the last, the absolute last in the royal line of David through Solomon. There were no more. And remember that the prophetic word and the prophetic promise was that the Messiah would come through the line of David, through Judah. So if this little child had been wiped out, there'd have been no Messiah. Are you with me? So it was absolutely important that this little child was saved. Now, here's a mystery. Satan knowing from Genesis 3, from the Garden of Eden, that one was coming that would bruise his head, break his authority. Knowing that, he would be looking for the godly line of which this one would come from. And somehow or other, he missed this. Surely, surely he could have got someone, somehow, to tell Athaliah exactly where this child was, but he didn't. And the mystery is, we don't know why. Other than God said, enough is enough, thus far and no further. You remember the story of Job? How Job came before the Lord. The Lord says, where have you been? He says, I've been in the earth. I've been walking to and fro on the earth. Have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him. He has choose evil. I says, of course. You put a great hedge of protection around him. Look at all the cattle you've given. Look at the prosperity you've given. Take all that away, and he'll curse you to your face. And God says, well, I'll give you permission that you can attack him, but don't touch his person. And so he went away, you know the story, and he attacked, and Job lost all of his children, lost all of his goods, lost all of his prosperity. And then another day, Satan comes before the Lord. The Lord says, where have you been? I've been walking to and fro throughout the earth. Have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him. He eschews evil, and still he holds fast his integrity. Ah, he says, skin for skin. A man will do anything except when it comes to his skin. And God says, okay, I'll let you attack him again, but do not take his life. In other words, thus far and no further. The devil can only do so much. He can only go so far, particularly against the child of God. Amen. Six years, Jehoiada taught this young prince the ways of Jehovah. Six years, he drummed into him the law of the Lord. Six years, he told him about Judah and Israel 
and about David and Solomon and about Abraham and about Moses and about the great prophets, Elijah and Elisha. He'd tell them about the temple, what it used to be like and what all the furniture represented and what it was there for and what they did and all the rites and so forth. And so for six years growing up, he taught him the ways of the Lord. Uh, what an opportunity that young boy had. And so when Joash then became seven years of age, Jehoiada gathered all the elders and he gathered them together and he presented unto them this young boy from David's line and said, this is the true king of Israel, the king of Judah. And so when they heard that, they blew their trumpets they clapped their hands and they cheered. And Athaliah heard the blowing of the trumpets and the clapping of the hands and heard them shouting, Long live the king! And she raced to the temple. Jehoiada said, Kill her. Kill her. And her reign abruptly came to an end right there and then. And so for the next several years, Jehoiada would be Joash's greatest influence. And Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. Godly influence in the life of another or from the life of another is a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. And many of us, I'm sure, have been touched by that and hopefully all of us has touched somebody else by it. Praying parents, godly grandparents, some of you have been fortunate enough to have that. Some of you haven't, but some have. And what a difference that makes. Some of us has had a Jehoiada, a, a faithful priest, a godly person who came alongside, maybe a friend, maybe a pastor, maybe a minister, maybe a, a parent or a husband or a wife or a relative, maybe a Sunday school teacher. Maybe a youth worker, but somebody, somewhere perhaps, who was godly and good came alongside you and helped you at Jehoiada. Godly influence is absolutely essential in a family, is it not? What a difference it makes if you grow up with a godly influence. And sometimes that can save you from a lot of hassle, a lot of trouble in this life. The fact that you've got praying parents and maybe praying grandparents. Godly influence is essential among friends. 1 Corinthians 15, said that uh, bad company, it promotes bad habits. How many people has got in with the wrong company and find themselves influenced in the wrong way? and get shipwrecked in their life and got off track simply because they were the wrong people and at the wrong time. Godly influence is great in a community. This big weekend where all the churches in this community is coming together, that's great. What do we want to do? We want to have a godly influence because there are forces out there that doesn't want godly influence that is trying to stamp it out. But thank God there are some people in some churches in some communities who says, no, we will try our best to be salt and light in this area as long as we can be. Thank God. 
godly influence in a church. 2 Corinthians 9 and 2, Paul says, Your zeal has stirred up many. Every pulpit should have a Jehoiada, a faithful priest. Sadly, that's not the case. Not even in our own country, it's not the case. Too often, there's those who are simply careerist, who simply see it as a job, and they become woolly and vague and liberal, and they become echoes and not voices. They're not committed to either God or His Word. Do you know that there's some ministers, quote-unquote, in the Church of England who doesn't even believe in God? <laughs> How hypocritical is that? How ridiculous is that? How could anybody stand in a pulpit as a minister and not even believe in God? What an influence that would be in that congregation. But there's something else I want you to see in this story of Joash. There's a couple of things, actually. In 2 Chronicles chapter 24, and we just read verse 2, and let's go down to verse 4. Now, it happened after this that Joash set his heart on repairing the house of the Lord. Then he gathered the priests and the Levites and said to them, Go out to the cities of Judah and gather all Israel from all Israel money to repair the house of your God from year to year and see that you do it quickly. However, the Levites did not do it quickly. And so the king called Jehoiada the chief priest and said to him, Why have you not required the Levites to bring in from Judah and from Jerusalem the collection according to the commandment of Moses, the servant of the Lord, and of the assembly of Israel for the tabernacle of witness? For the sons of Athaliah, that wicked woman, had broken into the house of God and had also presented all the dedicated things of the house of the Lord to the Baals. Then at the king's command they made a chest and set it outside at the gate of the house of the Lord and they made a proclamation throughout Judah and Jerusalem to bring to the Lord the collection that Moses, the servant of God, had imposed on the children of Israel in the wilderness. Then all the leaders and all the people rejoiced and brought their contributions and put them into the chest until all had been given. And so it was that at the time when the chest was brought in to the king's official by the hand of the Levites, and when they saw that there was much money that the king's scribe and the high priest officer came and emptied the chest and took it and returned it to its place, thus they did day by day, day and gathered money in abundance. They had, to, they had to empty it every day. There was that much coming in. And the king and Jehoiada gave it to those who did the work of the service of the house of the Lord, and they hired masons and carpenters to repair the house of the Lord and also those who worked in iron and bronze to restore the house of the Lord. So workmen labored and the work was completed by them and they restored the house of the Lord to its original condition and reinforced it. And when they had finished, they brought the rest of the money before the king and Jehoiada and they made from it articles for the house of the Lord, articles for serving and offerings and uh, spoons and vessels of gold and silver and they offered burnt offerings in the house of the Lord continually all the days of Jehoiada. And so young Joash became a reformer in the land. And one of the first things he set his heart to do was to restore the house of the Lord. What a noble thing to do. It pained him to see the state that it was in. And he was anxious to make sure that it would be reinforced, it would be restored, it would be reestablished, it would be worship in the house of the Lord. Wonderful. 
Thank God for the ministry of restoration. And that's what his heart was doing. But here's the thing. Did you notice in the verse said that all the days of Jehoiada the priest he did that which was right in the days of Jehoiada the priest. But what happens when Jehoiada the priest is no longer there? What happens then? Joash was great he was godly as long as he had Jehoiada to guide him and counsel him. All of his life, listen to me, all of his life, he warmed his hands at somebody else's fire. All of his life. All of his life, he hung onto the spiritual coattails of another man. Godly homes are great, but eventually you've got to leave them sometime. Godly Jehoiadahs are good. Thank God for them. But eventually they die or they move on. How much is our godliness consequential? How much of it is a result of others' input? How much of our godliness is intrinsically ours, the result of our own walk with God? Every believer needs their own particular walk with God. Thank God for the influence. Accept it, receive it, thank God for it, but you've got to have a walk yourself. And the trouble was, Joash didn't have that. He thought he had until Jehoiada was gone. And then he realized he didn't have this. Paul spoke about being rooted and grounded in Christ, about being established in the Lord. Jesus spoke in the parable of the sower about that seed that was sown in stony ground and it sprung up quickly but it had no root in itself. And when the sun came out and blazed, it withered and died. And he explained that. That was like the heart of some people. They have no root. And when persecution arises for the word's sake, they quickly wilt and they're gone because they have no personal walk with God. Paul says, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. What an opportunity. Huh? Greatest preacher alive. They walked with him for a little while, but then he left him. He had no personal walk. Jesus said in Mark 9:50, have salt in yourselves. Joash had no salt in himself. He had no root in himself. Everything he did, good as it was, was under the inspiration and the motivation of somebody else. But once that was removed, and that's why I say particularly to young people that maybe has grown up in a Christian home, make sure that you have your own walk with the Lord because you're going to need it. Some Christians are the same Joashites, always needing coaxed, always needing cajoled, always have to poke them and prod them, always need it to be cranked up. And as soon as you stop doing that, they're gone. 
Let me tell you, in 37 years here, I've seen that more times than I care to remember. As long as you're coaxing and prodding and pulling and cajoling, doing all of that, as soon as you stop that, gone. Why? No root in themselves. It's very, very important that we have. When circumstances change, they change. When friends change, they change. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, the Apostle Paul, writing to Timothy, his young prodigy, who became a great pastor, by the way. Verse 3 says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded that is in you also. Yes, he had a great mother. He had a great grandmother. Yes, they were godly. Yes, they influenced him. Yes, they prayed for him. Yes, they taught him. They did all of that. But there came a point in Timothy's life, his young life, where he started to walk with God in a personal way. His way. Him and God. And that's what every single one of us has to do. Receive all the inspiration, all the motivation, wonderful, thank God, but make sure we have our own walk. Chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. Verse 14. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. How did he know them? How did he learn them? At his mother's knee. But he came to a certain age in his life where having received all of that knowledge, he built upon it. And he started to walk with God in his way, in a personal way and became the great man that he was and did a fantastic job for the kingdom. We're going to wrap this up. We're brief tonight. I'm going to take you to two funerals. Not all funerals are the same, you know. These two certainly aren't. Second Chronicles 24 I'm going to read from verse 15 this time. But Jehoiada grew old and was full of days, and he died. He was 130 years old when he died, and they buried him in the city of David among the kings because he had done good in Israel, both toward God and his house. Isn't that lovely? What a great epitaph! to have on your gravestone. What a great word for somebody to say about you. He did good towards God and his house. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings. But note this, note this. Now after the death of Jehoiada, 
the leaders of Judah came and they bowed down to the king. That's Joash. And the king listened to them. Therefore they left the house of the Lord God of their fathers and served wooden images and idols. And the wrath, and wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem because of their trespass. Yet he sent prophets to them to bring them back to the Lord and they testified against them, but they would not listen. See how quickly Joash, as soon as Jehoiada is removed, see how quickly this young king folded, showing us he had no root in himself, showing us he was simply going in the motivation, the inspiration of somebody else hanging on to Jehoiada's spiritual coattails, but when that was removed, he's in big trouble. And it gets worse. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest. This is not the Zechariah that you read later on, one of the great prophets. This is Jehoiada's son. Then the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, who stood above the people and said to them, Thus saith the Lord, Why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord so that you cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, he has also forsaken you. So they conspired against him. And at the command of the king, they stoned him with stones in the court of the house of the Lord. Thus Joash the king did not remember the kindness which Jehoiada his father had done to him, but killed his son, and he died. Can you believe that? How quickly and how far he fell once that godly influence was removed. But he killed his son, and he died, and he said, The Lord look on it and repay. <laughs> and the Lord did repay. When I was reading this, my mind flashed forward to Stephen, the first Christian martyr. When he was dying, he said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. <laughs> Big difference, isn't it? Lord, look on it and repay. So it happened in the spring of the year that the army of Syria came up against him and they came to Judah and Jerusalem and they destroyed all the leaders of the people from among the people and sent all their spoil to the king of Damascus. For the army of the Syrians came with a small company of men, but the Lord delivered a great army into their hand because they had forsaken the Lord, God of their fathers. So they executed judgment against Joash. And when they had withdrawn from him, for they left him severely wounded, his own servants conspired against him because of the blood of the sons of Jehoiada the priest, and they killed him on his bed. And so he died, and they buried him in the city of David, but they did not bury him in the tombs of the kings. What an ignoble end to life that could have been great. It's a life that could have shone. To a life that could have done wonderful things in the kingdom. But he didn't. You know, it's interesting. If you read the genealogy of Christ in, in Matthew chapter 1, you'll see a list of the kings of Judah. But there's three missing. 
There's three missing. Ahaziah, Joash's father. Amaziah, Joash's son. And Joash himself. Missing from the genealogy of Christ. It could have been there. There was harlots even included in the genealogy of Christ. They could have been there, but they weren't. Joash had an opportunity second to none, but he didn't take it. So why am I saying all this? What is the message? What is the lesson? Every single believer needs a personal, individual walk with Christ. Thank God for all you know. Thank God for all you've been taught. Thank God for coming to church. Thank God for listening to the preacher. But you need your own walk. Because if all the props are removed, what's going to happen? Will we stand? The title of that message is Under the Influence. Whose influence are you under? What is that influence doing to you? Is it for good or is it for bad? Is it strengthen you or weaken you? Inspire you? Or cause you to go off track? But the greatest influence you're ever going to have is with Christ and your walk with him and your life read into his word. And when you do that, when your godly mother or father your grandparents are gone. Hmm? When all those older, elder people who influenced you, when they're all gone, you'll still stand. Why? Because you'll have a root within yourself. And it'll be down deep. And you'll grow up. Amen? Let's pray. Somebody said that God has no grandchildren. He's only got children. Lord, we thank you that you do give us the opportunity to come to you in a personal way, in an individual way, that we may know you personally. So help us, Lord, to do that. Help us to press in to you that we may walk by our faith that you have given us. Thank you for those who encourage us. Lord, help us to dig into your word and to talk to you and to walk with you individually. Because, Lord, we're living in days when (coughs) what we believe is under attack continually. So we need to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So we give you thanks, Lord, for the lessons that we learn in your, in your word and through the scriptures. Encourage us, strengthen us, inspire us, teach us, chastise us if necessary. But Lord, we want to know you and to walk with you and to live for you in the name of Jesus. Bless us, Lord, as we step into another working week. Help us, Lord, to be that light in a dark place that our lives may shine 
and bring light to those around. Forgive us when we fail you. Forgive us, Lord, whenever we do not do what is right and others see that, Lord, and it causes our testimony to be tainted, Lord. Forgive us for that. We want to live right and to walk right and to be right. So we bless you and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can also watch the Sermon of the Month video at youtube.com forward slash Moira Pentecostal or download the sermon video through our iTunes video podcast. For more information, visit us at www.mpc.org.uk.